following podcast is a Jill Divine Media production. Christianity has become known for judgy people, strange words, ancient stories, confusing rules, and a members-only mindset. This is why I stayed away from the church for so long, but it's not supposed to be that way. I'm Jill Devine, a former radio personality with three tattoos, a love for a good tequila, and who's never read the entire Bible. Yet, here I am hosting a podcast about faith. The Normal Goes a Long Way podcast is your home for real conversations with real people using real language about how faith and real life intersect. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome to episode 14 of Normal Goes a Long Way. I'm your host, Jill Devine, and I will be doing the interviewing today. I have someone that you know, Laura Fleetwood, in here. Uh, let's go back to where we first started in the very first few episodes where I introduced you as my spiritual mentor, and you're going to help guide me through some stuff today that I don't really know a lot about. In our last episodes, we had Pastor Chuck Schley and Ryan Finler on, and we talked about prayer. Prayer is a topic that, I don't know, it just seems like it's a lighthearted subject, but also very difficult at the same time. I think maybe expectations maybe Expectations, yeah. That we have certain expectations about how prayer should look or not look. It doesn't have to be that way. You know, prayer is a very personal thing, and just like... God has given each of us a personality that's different. I think he also has given each of us different ways of connecting with him. I think about those past conversations in the last two episodes with Chuck and Ryan. And yes, expectations is is a really good one. And I I keep going back to just what Chuck kept saying about it's a conversation. It's just a conversation between you and God. And I... I'm like, why aren't we taught this? Like, where, but where do you teach that? Where you go to church and you see these formal prayers that are happening. So that would make sense. And then even if your child attends a Christian school, I don't necessarily know that there's a subject on prayer. I don't know. But somewhere along the line, I'm like, oh man, wouldn't it feel so good to just have that conversation? And I just, that's what I think that people don't understand. It is a conversation. It is a conversation between you and God. However you want to have that conversation, just have it. Yes. And for me, it's even more than a conversation. It's like just being with him where words aren't necessarily even necessary. And I think this kind of conversation is where mentoring comes in, you know, where people who have have formed this this deep relationship with Jesus, um, converse freely with people who haven't to show that there are so many ways to know him, so many ways, and so many ways to communicate with him and to um, share yourself with him. And that's all prayer. I don't know that we even have to have a name for it. I mean, I consider it prayer. I consider prayer to be Anytime that I bring my awareness that God is with me, he's always with me, right? But sometimes I'm not aware Mm -hmm. of it because I'm stuck in my day-to-day or whatever. And for me, it was only going through a season of darkness where I could do nothing except 
cry out to him and be with him because I couldn't do anything else that I became, I think, more aware of how he is with me in my life, even when I'm not purposely saying, okay, this is my prayer time. Like, dear Lord, and then the amen. Yes, because that's how I always used to pray, you know, at dinner time, at bedtime. Um, And now it's much more of, you know, there's that scripture that says, um, pray without ceasing. And I used to kind of be like, how in the world would you pray without ceasing? Because you have to go to meetings and you have to, you know, get on with your life. You can't be praying all the time. But actually you can, and it comes with just being aware that God is with you and like even like, I don't know, it's like more of a full body, heart engaged way of living where you can go about your day and still be aware that God is with you and that you are communicating with him through your breath, through your heartbeat, through your it's, it's very powerful. It's very powerful. And it's not something that I experience all the time, but it's something that I find myself growing more and more into is like this, the fullness of knowing that God is everywhere. He's around me. He's under me. He's in me. And so there is no separation because of what Jesus did for us. There's no separation between us and God. So really prayer and communicating with him can happen constantly. It is happening constantly. We just have this way of thinking that it has to be through words. And that's where we're taking this episode and explaining prayer in that way. So if it's not in words, then what is it? I know you just explained a little bit about being surrounded and being under you and being in you, but I, I'm, I have a lot to learn. I don't want to 100% understand that. Yeah. So for me, it it began with going through a season of dark depression and anxiety where I really didn't get out of my bed much and literally began doing breath prayers because my mind was so chaotic with the anxiety and the racing thoughts and the what ifs and, and all of that kind of stuff that it was hard for me to form in my head the prayers to God because it was just so busy in there. Like I couldn't quiet my mind long enough to have a conversation with him. And so I had read something or done some meditation and they talked about breath prayers. And literally with a breath prayer, you come to awareness of your breath. You breathe in and you breathe out. Some people will put like a word or a mantra to the breath. But for me at the time, it was enough to just like focus on my breath. And as I would breathe in, I would just think about the fact that I was breathing in God's love and strength. And as I would breathe out, I would think about the fact that I was breathing out my stress and my worry and my anxiety. And then when I would breathe in again, filling with God's love and strength and out, letting go of all that was bothering me and the struggle. And so it became this thing that I could do even when I was in the middle of a panic attack or my mind was racing or I was just in that pit, you know, I was still breathing, right? Mm -hmm. And as long as I was still breathing, 
I knew that I was breathing in God's power and love and that I was breathing out everything that I was struggling with. And that became kind of like this grounding understanding that God is so much bigger and more a part of us than we can ever imagine in our minds. Like I think sometimes when we pray, we kind of think like we imagine God sitting there in the chair and we're having a conversation with him and we forget like that he is everything. Like everything was created through the word, through Jesus, through like it's all encompassing. And when I remember through my breath that he is in me and around me and everywhere, it just reminds me like how powerful and he is and how dependent I am on him. And because my breath goes everywhere with me, it's a reminder to me that he's always with me. That's one way of not using words. And I don't know if you could give a couple of other explanations or examples because it just dawned on me when you were saying that, like sometimes people would probably, I I mean, I've done breath work before, but not necessarily tied it into God. And I think that there are certain things that click with people. Maybe somebody formal prayer is that's their thing. Absolutely. That is where they are feeling God Maybe it is the the breathing in and breathing in the the words of God or that you are acknowledging God. But maybe it is a physical touch or maybe it is song. Would would those be considered, I guess, prayer? I mean, absolutely. Here's another example. So when I would find myself having to leave the house, or like leave my room to go cook dinner or something, like having to force myself to go somewhere and do something. With anxiety, most of the time I had my fists clenched. It's just like a natural thing you do yep. when you are when you have tension and stress. So I would physically like release my hands, and my right hand I would try to remember to keep it open. And so that literally throughout my day, it was a reminder to me that I was reaching out to Jesus and that he was like literally I was imagining him holding my hand to get through the day. Literally, like I would if someone was driving me or I was driving, I had one hand on the steering wheel and the other hand on my leg with my hand open. And it, it you know, no words needed, but it was like that that physical number 1 opening my hand was an act of surrender, right? I was letting go of like trying to fix myself and control myself. So it was an act of surrender. But it was also a reminder that like Jesus was literally holding my hand. Like I knew I could not get through that day without him holding my hand. Sounds weird. But that was another way that I just experienced him without words. Um, other things, you know, a lot of people will pray when they're walking outside in nature. And sometimes I'll do this and no words again, but just like it's like an opening of your spirit to receive because so far we've we've talked about praying to God, us doing all the talking. There's an other whole other side to a conversation 
And that is listening to what the other person has to say. No, we're not good at that. (laughs) No, 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 no. I mean, one way we do that is through scripture, right? That's one way. But um, Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is alive and active in us, and he is teaching us things and comforting us and counseling us when whenever we need it. And so part of prayer, I think, is verbalizing or sharing your prayer requests and your concerns and your thanksgiving and your honor to God. But then it's also opening up your heart as well. Most importantly, your heart, because we can't hear him talk to us. I think that's maybe where people get hung up. Yes. Because it's like, I don't, people say they hear from God, but I'm not hearing any words in my head. (laughs) Or, you know, um, and I do not hear words in my head, but I do get feelings in my heart. And sometimes even words in my heart, that's hard to, really hard to describe. Um, But it happens. And for me, it happens a lot of times when I'm outside walking and I work on emptying my mind and I just ask God to help me receive what he has for me in that moment. Um, That can happen for me too when I'm listening to worship music. So I'll kneel on my floor and open my hands and just ask God if there's something that he wants me to receive to help me receive it through his spirit and through the music. And oftentimes the words of the songs that come on will share something with me that I needed to hear. So it's being aware of other ways that you can cry out to him in your body, in your mind, and in your spirit, but it's also being aware of ways that you can receive his love and his care and his wisdom for your life um, through listening in all kinds of ways. Some people like to write down their prayers. Mm-hmm. For some people, and, and it's been shown that journaling, writing down your feelings um, is important, the connection that it makes with your brain and your body. And so I'd have to assume that writing down your prayers would do something similar. And what I did in one of my journals was wrote out my prayers, dear Jesus. But it wasn't a prayer. It was just like a letter to him. That's how I do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, Yeah. I mean, I have the journal and sometimes I write letters to God or prayers to God. And then sometimes I'm just writing um, statements or like when I chose my word for the year, which I chose release, uh, I just took one page and wrote release all over it in different like artsy ways. And I'm not artsy, so it's not artsy at all, but that's the way I would do it. And then the next page just might be a, a, a dear God. And I, and it, this is funny. This goes back to kind of the formalness and ending it. Sometimes I feel weird if I don't put amen at the end of it. I don't know. Or sometimes I just say, love you or uh-huh. a heart. Like, yeah. yeah, I just write the, like a letter. That's awesome. Yeah. I did that for a while too. And then what I did is on the next page, I wrote, dear Laura. And I wrote what I imagined him saying back to me. Uh-huh. And so that was a way to do both, to talk and then to listen and to receive. And, and I tried to do as much like just stream of conscious as possible, like not think about it but so try that sometime just write dear after you get your prayer out to him write dear Jill and then what like just let your heart 
lead the way and what is he saying to you and it's it's just so beautiful to go back and I have those journals and I go back and I read I'm like oh my gosh like he was talking to me through me writing what I thought he might want to say I hear that all the time is that well I mean even in everything that we just are not quiet enough we are not listening enough I know that's one of your things Laura is to be still and it is. Be still with your thoughts. Go to a quiet place. Sit there and just listen. And it's hard. I know that I don't do it as a daily practice like I would like to because there are, I think, and going back to what I was talking about with Chuck and Ryan, when I would start to pray in my head at bed at bedtime, like I'm laying down and I start to talk to God and then I think about the million other things I have to do and they go, oh my gosh, I got to go back to God. I think that oftentimes I could look at you and listen to you explaining how you do things and the practice and think that you don't have those thoughts or that you don't stray in your mind. Oh which, my gosh. That's false. Absolutely. And I have heard from people that will say, or people that are experts at whatever it is, meditation, that no, when those thoughts come in, this is what you do because the thoughts will come in. You're going to start on one thing and hardly anyone can ever just sit there and have a clear mind. And those that can, it's taken <laughs> years of practice. So I think that's another thing that uh, I need to understand too just if I sit and listen and I start to get distracted it's okay it's okay go back to the reason why absolutely and you know you can you can practice this in small spaces like you're sitting in pickup line for your kids and you have five minutes before they get in the car and so you turn on some peaceful music and close your eyes and just breathe you know um you can practice it at home when you go to the bathroom, you know, like it's not, it doesn't have to be this Zen like setting with um, candles. Like candles and yoga mats. That's great. If your life allows you that <laughs> freedom to set aside time like that. And maybe someday it will, you know, there are seasons in my life where I can do more things like that. But I think it's just more just like praying out loud. It's more of an intention, like mm -hmm. just making it more of a, a habit, more of a, hmm, when's the last time I just listened to God? Or if the word listen spooks you out because you're like, oh, I don't want to listen for the voice of God or whatever, or, I'm, or then you worry because you've never heard the right. voice of God. Um, another way to think about it is to just sit in his love for you. Like just sit, close your eyes, and just imagine the great love that he has for you is just washing over you, you know, um, because it, that's true. That's true. Every, every word in scripture points to that. And it can just be so refreshing to take five minutes and to sit in God's love. And that is a form of prayer you're receiving. I was just going to say receive is the word I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. You not say, but say. Yes there's something that you were bringing up and this also got brought up in the last episode. And then it also made me think of something I saw recently is we have talked about how prayer can be weird and how you do it can be weird. Mm -hmm. And it's just whatever. And one of the things that Chuck said 
um, I can't remember exactly the the exact context, but that some people like to pray with their with their arms open. Mm-hmm. And I know that you mentioned that. And then I I thought about this. This is like behind the scenes work lingo, but we have a new uh, director of children's ministry, and I don't even know really what it means to be installed. You can we that's a whole nother episode, but she was called, which I never knew that language either. Anyway, she's accepted a position at our church, different language. <laughs> Yeah, for for basically yes, we we offered her a job and she said yes, so now she works there. So her installation, which is basically like here she is, she said yes. Uh, They prayed over her, Mm -hmm. and I was watching her, and they and it was Ryan and Chuck, and then um, another woman, Joni, who is the principal at the school. And they all had a a prayer for her. And I watched this woman, Hannah, close her eyes and open her hands. And she was receiving it. And I thought about if I was on stage in front of all these people, how that would I do that? But that's how she was moved. That's where the Holy Spirit came in for her. Absolutely. And it was pretty beautiful. Like some people, I think, would probably saw that and thought it was weird. I don't know. It just is starting to kind of click with me. And maybe it it isn't pulled my hands up. Maybe it is just closing my eyes, whatever it is that feels right in that moment. Yes, because the spirit is working in you in that moment. And there, I think we often get in our own way Yes, when it comes to prayer. there There's no right or wrong posture. There's no right or wrong fold your hands or not fold your hands. I use my body a lot because I feel like it engages more of me. Mm-hmm. So when I open my hands, like at the at the blessing at the end of service, I open my hands to receive it because it's like a physical, I don't know even how you ex- explain it, but it's like my body and my mind and my heart saying, yes, Lord, I want to receive this. So it just engages more of my whole person. And same thing with prayer. So yeah, there is no right or wrong way. And I think, like, why do we judge people? <laughs> it's like, You're talking to God. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best thing ever. I mean, I have, there have been times I have screamed. I've gone for a ride in my car so I could scream at God. I was screaming in agony. Right. You know, just like I've had my girls come to me crying and, and sobbing because of something that was going on in their life. Would I want them to like button themselves up to come to me all presentable and feel like they couldn't share their emotions with me? No, same thing if they're angry. Like I would rather know they're angry at me than have them be passive aggressive and just not talk to me, give me the silent treatment. Nothing's going to be resolved, right? And so in the same way, we can come to God and be like, God, you know, what? is going on. Like, I am so frustrated. I'm so mad. This is something I've started doing lately too, is just doing like little pop-up prayers in my head about my feelings. So like, even if I'm in the middle of a meeting or something, like I can just in my head go, God, I am so frustrated right now. Like it's a way for me to acknowledge how I'm feeling and like give it to him (laughs) at the same time. I like that. I think he, he, he wants that because He wants to help us resolve things in our lives and we can't be open to how he can work in our life if we're not acknowledging our own part 
in it, right? We have a responsibility um, as well. And I don't want to exclude people who aren't parents that might be listening. It's just a very easy analogy. And if you aren't a parent, then thinking about being a child and your parents, I don't know. It's just these last few episodes have really kind of hit me to my core about that. Like God is my father and I'm going to screw up Mm -hmm. and it's okay. And I just need to keep turning to him that I don't have to make it so formal like to be real, just be real, real. Like I just, yes, real and raw. Because the thing is nobody, not your spouse, not your kids, not your parents. Nobody knows you as intimately as God does. He knows what you're thinking. He knows your feelings. So they're, Really, when you think about it, like there should be no barrier because Mm -hmm. he already knows that you don't have to put on some kind of, you know, act like you might do around your kids so they don't see you upset or whatever. Like God, he there that barrier is already removed because of Jesus. So use use it, you know, like and it's so freeing to just be able to take it all to someone because you can't, you know, there are things you don't want to talk about with your spouse and things you don't. But God. It's at all. And it is funny when you bring up like the kids sometimes just hearing my five-year-old, some of the things that she talks to God about. I mean, and it is, I mean, she's not, uh, practices it a lot, but when she does, sometimes I just giggle and I think, oh, that's ridiculous. And then I think, oh, he's probably laughing like, oh, she's talking to me. And, yeah. and then, and you know. I try not to say you should only pray for this or do there. No, just talk to. Just talk. Just talk. He and God is the very, very best friend that you have always wanted and never thought you could have because you can't trust someone that much with your deepest, darkest stuff. That is who God is. And he's so much more than that. But that's who he can be. And that is, I think, who he wants to be for us. As we wrap up this episode, is there anything else on prayer that you feel would be helpful to someone who might be new to it? Or even someone who has been praying their whole life, but maybe needs a little oomph? I almost hate to say anything because there is no right or wrong thing to do or say, but I think I would just encourage you that God is listening and he's waiting like an excited child for you to give any part of yourself to him, whether it's your words and you want to talk to him, whether it's your breath and you want to um, experience what it's like to breathe in his love and and breathe out your pain, Um, whether it's, you know, a prayer in church or a prayer at a meal, any part of you that you will give to him he wants it and then he wants even more like there's nothing that you can say or do that will make him think any less of you or love you any less Um, in fact the more you share with him the more you will understand how much he loves you you can 
follow along on our journey by following us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Normal Goes a Long Way. We would love to hear from you. I mean, maybe you have a prayer, I don't know, ritual, maybe yes. a prayer something. Yes, tell us. Tell us through uh, any of the social media outlets or normalgoesalongway.com is our website. Or maybe you have a prayer request. We would gladly take those two and and honor those in all sincere aspects. I know if you listen to the last episodes, you've heard us talk about the thoughts and the prayers and not being sincere. This is sincere. If, if there's something on your heart, we would love to hear about it. So please reach out. We appreciate your support. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, share it, rate it, review it, get it out there in the world. We want others to have you um, share this with them so that they can be a part of this and start talking to God. That's right. You are never alone. God is always with you. So um, talk to him. He's just waiting. <laughs>